Hello and welcome to Russians with Attitude. Right now, Russia is undergoing grandiose changes, both uh, good and bad. It's an interesting situation for sure. I was in Crimea in 2020, and uh, what I found unusual in this place is an absolute lack of international brands, global chains, and even Russian companies were not present at full. And that only contributed to the charm of this beautiful Hellenic uh, peninsula. But it also made me uh, forget about the nauseating current year and progress. It's a place outside of time. And that's what Russia seems to be turning into. A large Crimea, a country firmly outside the current year and Western agenda. Donbass, where I haven't been to, was a war zone for eight years with uh, civilians still living there under tremendous uh, pressure. People were going to their desk jobs, uh, lazy Monday style, shells uh, hitting electrical uh, power lines, and they just carried on. They were absolutely unfazed about war at this point. They are used to it it became a part of their lives. Ukraine became a large version of Donbass, whereas Russia became a larger Crimea. Before we further speculate about Russian future and the Ukrainian future, let's do a short recap of the military stuff that was happening in the last few days. Unfortunately, it was a week of uh, fruitless uh, humanitarian corridor talks, right? And uh, not even... A city of Izum was taken. No, this is correct. The city of Izum uh, is still not... Com or I think it is mostly taken, but not completely. So there's still some fighting going on. Overall, progress on the fronts has been happening, but uh, quite slow, because both sides are regrouping right now, and there have been a lot of ceasefires for the evacuation of civilians. So, yeah, uh, there's mostly been progress in Donbass, especially uh, on the Lugansk front, where reportedly Russian troops from the line Milovoy Markovka Starobelsk have uh, linked up with the northern group from Kharkov Oblast, which means that they have encircled uh, the northern half of the Ukrainian Donbass group, so probably around 20 to 25,000 people. Um, the encirclement is not yet complete, so for now it's what's called an operational encirclement, not a full katyol. Um, turning the operational encirclement at Mariupol into a full-on katyol took around two or three days, if I remember correctly. So I guess uh, we can expect that as well here. We'll see, the Ukrainians will most likely try to break out and uh, break through. So we're going to see what's, uh, what will happen with that. But if the encirclement is really mm, completed and held, and the Ukrainians don't manage to break through, it's uh, probably the beginning of the end of the Ukrainian Donbass group. But I guess we're going to see in, I don't know, four to five days how that will turn out. Aside from that, uh, there has been some progress in uh, the on the Donetsk direction as well, with a couple of villages taken and the front line moving another four kilometers. 
So as we said, the front and Donbas, it's uh, it moves slowly because it's uh, the Ukrainian troops there are heavily entrenched. They have uh, several lines of heavily fortified positions that they have been fortifying for eight years. So it's kind of a positional trench fighting in a way. This is why the front line is moving so slowly. Aside from that, the Russian aerospace forces have been flying missions again and destroying further um, anti-air and airfields. And uh, according to the Russian Ministry of Defense briefing earlier today, around 90% of Ukrainian anti-air systems are now destroyed. Uh, but yeah, in the last week there were huge shipments of anti-tank missiles from the west to Ukraine. Yes, yes, this is right. Even if Ukraine probably doesn't have much more in the way of um, anti-air installations or cannons or stuff like this, they have a virtually unlimited amount of manpads coming in from the west. So that's still some threat to Russian aircraft. Yeah, and also it's certainly not the army that uh, Donbass volunteers faced in 2014. No, of course not. I, I mean, I think nobody believes that or believed that at the beginning of the wars, except people who don't. There were such optimists. Attention. Uh, let's. Uh, yes, be but uh, it's uh, it was really unrealistic because the beginning of the Donbas war, the Ukrainian army had, by their own admission, around five thousand uh, combat-ready soldiers. This is one of the reasons why they created all these. Um, nationalist uh, units like Azov and Aydar and Donbass because they didn't have much in terms of regular military. By now, of course, the Ukrainian army is uh, the second largest in Europe, juiced up with Western uh, instructors and tech and probably or almost certainly being provided intel by NATO. So it's a huge army with immense combat abilities and eight years of uh, fighting under the belt. Um, underestimating Ukrainian forces would be a grave mistake and I don't think that uh, anyone in the Russian general staff has made this mistake. Let's sp just speculate. Why would uh, Putin just let Ukrainian army grow in order to attack it? What's the reason here? Uh, just because they find out about their plans uh, for a full-scale invasion of uh, Donbass uh, recently, and that was the turning point. That sounds uh, quite silly to me, all, all of this, right? I mean, it's it's really hard to determine why exactly Putin changed his mind right now. I've said on Twitter, all of this could have been avoided very easily by a Russian intervention in uh, early 2014, when the Ukrainian army wouldn't have been able to put up a fight. And um, so what's the logical the same reason goals for that? Could have been achieved. So I don't know. I don't know. I think um, it's possible um, that the Russian economy wasn't ready for sanctions like the ones happening right now. The trade and economic ties to China weren't as close yet, eight years ago. There has been a lot happening on that front. 
So I think it's possible that Russia just wasn't ready for this full-on confrontation with the whole Western world. Well, in a way, yeah. We didn't have our own internal SWIFT analog. We were relying completely on the Western systems. And now we have something. Uh, that something will not help uh, our economy uh, in the following years. But it will uh, make sure that uh, Russia will survive, even being cut off from the entire world. Because right now, Russia is the most sanctioned uh, country in the world, more so than North Korea and uh, Iran. Uh, if you count the... I, I don't know how they yeah. count it, actually, <laughs> by... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm also But sure yeah, it's it, it sounds those. very spooky, right? <laughs> so let's go with that. Uh, right. Well, it's a new world record, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russian <laughs> strong. Yeah. Well, also, it's really funny how radical right wing it's now irrelevant everywhere. Uh, like uh, the tweet that I was trying to post uh, yesterday, I'll repeat it here. Uh, the formerly internationalist Putin suddenly hijacked all Russian nationalist token points, launched an unthinkable conquest of Ukraine. Even nationalists, Russian nationalists, didn't really think that uh, he was capable of it. And the liberal NATO, the non-racist anti-Nazi uh, Western alliance uh, that was fighting the homegrown uh, MAGA groupers for years, are now posting uh, sonin rats, uh, amplifying Azov voices and supporting Ukrainian refugees on the basis of them being white-skinned and blue-eyed. This is a, a huge change, either it's uh, just a mask-off scenario or racial right-wingism is a tool that uh, the powers that be actually always used in their favor. Yeah, I think, I th I think it really is like the most hilarious thing to come out of this is seeing western liberals uh, run interference for azov and uh, writing tweets about how uh, using swastikas and black suns doesn't mean that they're nazis and stuff like this it's just really funny to see them twist themselves into a pretzel here like uh <laughs> also there is an increasing amount of uncle toms russian speaking uncle toms in dc area in US, uh, various Tatar, Ukrainians, whatever they might be, whatever they identify themselves, uh, they were activated to like Julia Iofi types, probably you know mm -hmm. her at least, because there are like a dozen of Julia Iofi types right now and they appeared out of nowhere. And uh, they're all justifying the Russophobia, basically, that uh, Russians are subhumans and they know what they're talking about because they're either Russian or they know the Russian language. Uh, it's also a very weird development that they're all using this uh, threat emoji. This is just <laughs> a sign of a shitty threat right there. Uh, so don't read it. Yeah. But in general, uh, the question is... Uh, how will Russia survive without uh, McDonald's, without Louis Vuitton, uh, without all those brands? Uh, the thing is that these companies aren't really leaving yeah. for the most part. It's uh, mostly virtual signaling. Like it's franchising. Yes, they are yeah. franchises. They are franchises. Uh, all of their supplies and stuff is uh, local. 
And what they're doing is basically they shut down operation until they can figure out uh, how to operate with the financial sanctions in place and then they're gonna return. Do you think that McDonald's will return or uh, like local businessmen will replace it? I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that, that the chains uh, like McDonald's and Starbucks and so on they will absolutely return. I mean if the Russian government lets well, them. I think it will. Yeah, I'm. I also think it will, but it would be funny. Well, if it yeah, in Donbas, if I recall correctly, uh, in place of uh, McDonald's, there were like McLovin. They have Don Mac. Yeah, yes. yeah, Don Mac. So, like, imagine what will be the name of it? Uh, uh, Rus Mac, <laughs> uh, Mac Russian. They can just keep Don Mac, <laughs> and Don Mac can become well, the new. Yeah, it's funny franchise. actually. Yeah, Don Mac. <laughs> I see that. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and also, creator economy is in shambles. YouTubers are not longer making any money from, like, ad- advertisement. Yeah, they have demonetized uh, YouTube in Russia. And also, they have, uh, I think they've shot themselves in the knee and they have really hurt the Ukrainian war effort by shutting off uh, targeted mm-hmm. ads in Russia because uh, the Ukrainian PSYOPs uh, division was uh, running an insane amount of ads in Russian social media or in uh, in social media that's used in Russia, like on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like this. And uh, as far as I understand, uh, the option of these ads is now completely turned off in Russia. And um, well, It happens yeah. all over the place, actually. Uh, Western propaganda outlets are shutting themselves off for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. it was a hilarious uh, also story about Echo of Moscow. You all probably know that Echo yeah. of Moscow was shut down <laughs> by the Russian government, right? But uh, in the same time when Russian government shut uh, down Echo of Moscow, Google shuts down Echo of Moscow YouTube channel for Russian propaganda. I'm not shooting you. <laughs> That's true. They are not on YouTube anymore. It's uh, such an... <laughs> oh, man. It, it just can't be natural. Yeah, and like... Right? And like and like Radio Free Europe has pulled out of Russia and the BBC and CNN. They never acted in this way, right? They always try to like instill their propaganda, like spread it. I mean, that's why they yeah. exist. Why that's would why they, they exist. Like... That's the whole point. <laughs> I have no idea. I really have no idea. It's kind of like America has surrendered and is now removing its Like in Afghanistan, right? Russia. Like Psyop war. Yeah. yeah. There is no wish for them to, at this point, to engulf the entire world into the Western sphere. And they're just making yeah, a line. It's crazy yeah. like how much money and effort they put into all pointless. the propaganda outlets all in Russia. All pointless at all. Because right now they're just uh, like forcing Russian people to consume uh, actual Kremlin propaganda for once. Because they really uh, were not captivated by the Kremlin propaganda. It was not that good. Uh, second, uh, there were some Western outlets. There were Euronews, BBC, whatever, right? And now only Russian media still mm-hmm. remains. It's like uh, some bizarre series and uh, we are the actors in there. But also, <laughs> yeah, uh, also I thought uh, in the last days that 
grandmas were right and grandpas why did they grow all those uh, pointless, pointless potatoes all those fields of potatoes <laughs> i always ask them that why do you do it uh, like you, you could buy it in any store and they're actually right who knows uh, how much a potato will actually cost in the next month right uh, maybe x2 i don't know uh, and they will be right because in the countryside of russia they are absolutely does russia Im Im import potatoes well no but uh, generally when uh, <laughs> <laughs> potatoes no right uh, but uh, stores experiencing some troubles uh, right they will rise every price category regardless potatoes is one thing but uh, generally just uh, the importance of dachas i think will rise what do you think about it mm, well i don't know if it will get that bad i mean a lot of people i mean there were people in the 90s who survived yeah. of their of growing food at their dachas this is true and uh, but i'm not i don't think it will get probably this bad not now. but it's nice to have this uh, just in case right if anything really bad happens uh also non-physical copies of media and all the older people said that it's fake also the cryptocurrencies are fake right and they were generally right because uh, right now russians are being uh, their crypto accounts are blocked all their cryptos are stolen their uh, mm -hmm. like steam accounts uh, games are also blocked for them so all this uh, virtual ownership of uh, media is really fake for russians at least this is just like a trial run for uh, banning a country of the internet of the face of uh, world's economy they will implement it against anyone in their way, like uh, whatever, Hungary, Orban, if they, they get apathy, they will be destroyed. Much worse uh, than Russia, because we have uh, a lot of resources of our own, and uh, a lot of countries don't. So they really are stuck in being just ideological slaves of uh, the West. Yeah, but uh, in a way it's kind of what's politically happening in russia right now it's like uh, it's like putin is trying to fulfill all the political programs of all the political parties mm -hmm. at once yeah like uh, we have buybacks so the russian government buying up shares from large companies which is basically nationalization then you have taxes being abolished uh, first in the it sector now in other sectors as well the war on copyright and intellectual property programs for uh, married couples with kids uh, like up to 16 years or 18 years mm -hmm. which was unprecedented before yes and they've also introduced a new anti-corruption law that um, basically it's about um, that if a government official has large amounts of money uh, the burden of proof that he's not corrupt is now on him and it's easier now to uh, seize his property and stuff like this so basically he's uh, also fulfilling everything navalny yeah, was yeah, asking yeah. for he just combines <laughs> uh, all the ideologies and all the wishes of the russian public uh do you remember when uh there was a uh, sovbs 
meeting and how nervous uh, the Narushkin was. I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I, I'm not an expert on Narushkin himself, but I think he, this nervousness can be explained by the things to come. That uh, a lot of Russian politicians, uh, whatever mayors, deputies, feel that the hammer may struck upon them. Yeah, I think I think much of the Russian elites now have a feel very distinct feeling of it's happening <laughs> in a bad way. Um, and yeah, I mean it depends for some in a good way, for some in a bad way. Um, but yeah, mm, I think some major Aeroflot manager has fled the country with a bunch of money. So I think uh, like the corrupt officials themselves expect the crackdown right now. Yeah out of uh, because out of the let's call it patriotic consolidation is happening at the same time and i just uh, can't help myself but think how stupid this whole navalny shtick was in 2021 Uh, Mm -hmm. do you remember this uh, castle putin castle putin's castle in uh, like uh, black sea Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. in galenjik basically the Navalny's idea of Putin was that Putin is a corrupt, greedy man who wants money. That's it. That's his whole uh, ideology. That he wants uh, to rob Russian public uh, and be the richest man in the universe, right? And build castle mm-hmm. and just uh, chill <laughs> in the castle with Kabayev or whatever. But it's so <laughs> far from the truth um, right now Navalny is uh, in jail right now but uh, he must be in prison for his sheer stupidity I think because it's such a fake message to tell the public that Putin is just a greedy businessman or whatever because he clearly isn't right he wouldn't uh, even think about uh, invading Ukraine or doing anything of that nature if he was he would just retire so Navalny uh, is the most ir- irrelevant man in Russia as of right now. Yes, very much so. But he's becoming uh, more important in Georgia. Oh. <laughs> even people who are not fans of uh, Putin or invasion of Ukraine, even those who are panicking and leaving the country right now, and there are many, there are like maybe thousands of people who already are in the process of leaving Russia for Armenia, for Yerevan, for Tbilisi, even for crazy people are living for Tashkent. And <laughs> even they are not like Navalny's, they're just hopeless. They really are don't know what to do next because they are stuck right now in Tbilisi or Yerevan. Uh, and Tbilisi especially is toxic for Russian refugees, right? Uh, political migrants, because uh, a lot of Georgians hate Russians. It's just uh, in their yeah. nature, not just because of 2008, it was always the case, right? Uh, and now they're just humiliating them. They're uh, making them sign some papers before they can get a, a bank account in Georgia, where they must admit that they are ashamed of being Russian, that they are not supportive of uh, invasion of Ukraine. Like, they must uh, admit that they're bad people before they can get a bank account mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous what is their future will they just return in shame yeah i don't know how they're how this gonna go on i mean 
Why Georgia? Yeah. Why? <laughs> like, why not at least go to like the Baltic states? They are Russophobic as well, but at least they're a, a little bit civilized. But do they accept uh, even Russian? Yeah, I think the problem is that uh, going to EU countries yeah, is difficult yeah. right now for for Russian citizens, which is funny as well, which is very funny because again, uh, the sanctions hit anti-Putin uh, people yeah. the hardest. Just the cynicism of this uh, whole sanctions business, because before that they pretended that they targeted Putin's officials, whatever, right? Politicians who uh, were in charge, who are bad people. And uh, like the West is uh, in favor of uh, Russian liberals who will uh, overthrow Putin's government. And now pretense is gone. They just uh, target, they just uh, want uh, Russians to suffer, irregardless of their political beliefs. It's uh, right in the open. And this whole level of humiliation that you must suffer uh, when you are scared enough, you're propagandist enough to leave Russia for, leave even Moscow for Tbilisi to be spit upon the Georgian Goga. This is uh, the level of a bad decision that I could never imagine myself doing. It. All right, so what else? What else? Maybe we should uh, do some predictions. When do you think uh, this whole conflict will be over? Because Clearly, before 9th of May, it uh, must be over, right? Because 9th of May is mm -hmm. such a symbolic day. It's a victory day for Russians. So uh, everyone expects May parades in the Ukrainian cities. Mm, I think it uh, will probably be over by Easter, I guess. All right. So uh, when is the Easter this year? April 24th. Uh-huh. Uh, just to prepare, because uh, every single 9th of May they need to prepare all those tanks, all those uh, soldiers. They need to do a little bit of repetition before that. Mm. So yeah, uh, I wonder if uh, Carlin is blackpilled right now. Didn't he uh, insist that uh, this whole operation will be over soon? Mm. Yeah, I think he had some 96-hour prediction about Kiev falling, but um, I mean, it would have happened if the Russian army had went in the way, for example, the yeah. Americans went into Iraq. Of course, it would have been over by now. That's clear to everyone who is not a, a ghost of Kiev believer. And um, but the Russian army is wasting a lot of time on negotiations. Um, like I think it's the third day in a row now that uh, there is a ceasefire for yeah. humanitarian corridors. I wonder how many Western Ukrainian volunteers have uh, creeped in the ranks of uh, Donbas defenders, mm -hmm. Ukrainian ones. Well, I think that most Western Ukrainians are in Poland hmm. by now because even in 2014 they yeah. never really cared about all this stuff. It's it's not it's it's not their fight. Yeah. I mean, the average uh, Lvov Benderite uh, thinks that this war is just what filthy Eastern Ukrainians have yeah. to fight, and it's not his there fight. There are pawns of this whole country, and uh, Eastern Ukrainians are like the serfs. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, the real war 
will start when the virtual warfare that Ukrainians wage in the Russian internet will cease. Because uh, this amount of Ukrainian activity on the many Russian forums, uh, whatever, image boards, uh, Twitter, Ukrainians outnumber Russians. Going insane in this uh, virtual warfare. Yeah, I noticed this even even before uh, the invasion. I noticed this. Uh, I was uh, checking on like uh, local Telegram group chats from Donetsk and stuff, and there's like tons of people from I don't know like Cherkasy who spent their whole day shit posting in uh, local Donbas group chats. And, uh, like, I don't know what, like, if they just don't work, don't have to go to work. <laughs> I think not. Or, or if that is the, their work. I mean, especially since you, if you consider that the concept of a troll farm originates from Ukraine, not from Russia. Uh, yeah, I really, uh, I'm really American sick propaganda. of, uh, Americans actually believe that the Russians are uh, hosting some incredibly large uh, troll farms and there are not any Russian trolls aside us, right? <laughs> not a single one. I, I re literally have not seen any Russian troll in eight years. I have uh, seen mm -hmm. some of them, what uh, actual like weird people writing the same stuff all over again, right? Uh, that's what constitutes for a bot. I mean, I mean, these these troll farms, Russian troll farms, probably did exist in a limited way in Russian language. But they were just, yes, 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 they were just anti-Navalny stuff. It was uh, yeah. huge in 2012 uh, when, yeah, yeah, the white ribbon uh, guys and Navalny and Nemtsov uh, were doing various protests, and uh, Kremlin trolls were commenting on YouTube videos, but. From that point on, I have not seen them. I don't think that's, uh, that they're real. The power of Russian language, right? From 2014, when a lot of Ukrainians started to believe that uh, Russians are not their brother nation, that uh, we are hostile to each other, in spite of it all, actual friendliness and um, mutual like businesses and uh, a lot of Ukrainians going to Moscow still continued. Uh, it uh, was never uh, like a cultural blockade between us. In spite of Maidan, all those eight years, actually a lot of Ukrainians uh, creeped in the Russian blogosphere. And suddenly, 24 of February, hundreds of people, famous people, became outright Ukrainians. It really was out of nowhere because Ukrainian identity really doesn't exist apart from conflict with Russia. Like ice cream in the sun when there is peace. Yeah, it's like it's like um, like in America where you have people now canceling and attacking so-called Russian restaurants mm. when it's literally just um, Ukrainian and uh, who just was saying for years that they were Russian because Americans don't yeah, know the difference. Yeah. And it's uh... it's uh, kind of hard to traverse uh, internet right now because uh, Twitter or Facebook that they don't use, uh, they don't work without proxy, without VPN. But with VPN, YouTube doesn't work. 
and uh, a lot of other sites. Uh, it's just a mess. It's just like I return back to 2008. I just wait for a site to load up. It's ridiculous. If we are to believe that all those Western businesses are to leave Russia, that Europe will not accept uh, like Russian tourists uh, for a long time, then Western part of Russia, where majority of Russian people live, will not be such a window to the world as it were from like Peter's time, uh, when you could just travel freely from like Moscow on a plane. In an hour, you will be in Paris. Two hours, right? Uh, but uh, right now, mm -hmm. the window to the world is in like Kazakhstan, because it's the least <laughs> sanctioned uh, CSTO country. So Euro actually is winning from that because we are very close to Kazakhstan. In conclusion, I'll read some brands. Apple Pay is uh, not working in Russia. Apple is leaving. PepsiCo. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think uh, the Apple Pay thing was a bit annoying for some time because a lot of people it use was, Apple yeah. Pay and. Uh, and uh, yeah, there is uh, like a formed a cult of uh, Apple in Russia. It's a bit shameful to admit, but it's true, uh, especially in Russian girls. Apple products. What's the point of Apple Watch? Uh, the main objective is to. Use Apple Watch with Apple Pay, right? To pay for like products. And uh, now Apple Watches are kind of not useful. Like Pornhub also uh, issued a total blockade of Russia. Uh, Pornhub is not working for Russian citizens. So yeah, it's OnlyFans. Yeah, how could I forget? OnlyFans is not working in Russia. Yeah, that's uh, another huge blow against the anti-Putin demographic in Russia. It's just like a, an experiment. What will happen if uh, a country of white people will uh, grow without all those stuff? Just like uh, they're trying to raise some Ubermensch in Russia, turn Russians into to have superpowers or something like that. <laughs> Looks like they're trying, yeah. Hope uh, that it will come true. Yes, and we will also hold out for Tiremok taking over all the McDonald's uh, locations. God willing. <laughs>